0: Hey guys, and welcome back to The Card Life. I'm here with my card wife, Katie.
1: Hey guys, good to be back.
0: Yes, good to be back, and of course we have Andrew and Nate on the podcast. And sorry again, we missed last week. We don't like to start the year missing two episodes, but all of the team have been kind of battling with, uh, you know, sickness through the past few weeks. So getting everyone on has been a little tough, So, but I think everyone's feeling good. And I'm pretty confident we'll be straight through for the rest of the year. No sicknesses, no missed days or nothing all the way until like 2030. So you guys shouldn't have any issues with any of that. Um, Although we missed last week, there was a lot of card news going out. I do want to go ahead and and preface with all of the crazy Pokemon controversy going on uh, that happened last week. Everything's kind of, I feel like, already been, you know, everything's been said that needs to be said. Nothing really new has come out that the general community doesn't know. Uh, so we probably won't be discussing any of that on the show today. Uh, but I do want to jump in and hear from the two boys on their vibe check. We'll start with Andrew. How has your last couple of weeks been with cards and everything?
2: Well, uh, I've been stuck at home the last week with COVID, so not a whole lot going on. But uh, feeling better now. I had a brutal couple days there, but glad that I'm finally getting through it now. So, uh, but other than that. No, nothing much really going on. Watched him playoff football um, and just
3: kind of relaxed last week. So,
0: awesome. Nate, how, how has your last couple of weeks been?
3: I mean, it, it first off, it felt great to get back into the shop after being out at the, to end last year. But uh, I've just been enjoying over the course of like seven days at the shop. We bought, I think, five different Pokemon collections. So I've just been having a blast sorting through those, looking through those. Um, They kind of led me to to switch gears on what I'm doing. So for the next sets that I'm going to put together for Pokemon PSA graded, I'm just doing Japanese sets from here on out. Just I like the art so much better on them.
0: Yeah, and I've been noticing that you guys have been picking up a lot. Um, through sports card junctions like Instagram uh, Instagram page like you guys are just keep buying those huge collections and stuff and you guys got a really big collection in pretty recently of like I even saw like a lot of first edition and like uh, maybe some jungle and, and I think the set after that
3: yeah the last three the three actual card collections we got were just insane That's we cool. got like a foreign collection of packs which was pretty cool uh, but I mean you can go through them pretty
0: quickly right yeah, so Katie, how has your last couple of weeks been?
1: Good. Let's see. I've actually been picking stuff up on eBay myself, and then I've just been enjoying the playoff games. I'm glad hubby's in a good mood because his team won, and <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that kind of spirals into into my uh my vibe check. Chiefs obviously doing really well in the playoffs. Uh, yesterday, against the Steelers, kind of first quarter looked a little rough, but. Obviously, really happy with how with how that all went. Um, but obviously, on to Buffalo, we'll see what happens. Didn't go very well week five when we lost. Uh, I think it was 3820 or so. But we're kind of a different team, I think now. So hopefully, uh, defense will step it up. I think it'll just kind of come down to which defense can keep the other quarterback at bay. Um, We'll be in KC, So I'm excited to see what happens with that. But also this week, uh, you know, just a great weekend for me. I was out in Dallas. Uh, I was working with DCI Dallas Card Investors, doing a lot of stuff with them. Uh, it was great to kind of see a lot of people that I hadn't met before. Great to meet back up with people I had. Uh, probably met like I-, I would say probably about ten to twelve community people that I hadn't met um, that I know on Instagram, either you know short term or long term. I Got to run into Ryan, a uh, card collector 2, Tyler Santiago, sports. Both guys were awesome. It was great to you know sit and talk with them briefly. Um, but just everybody else in the community, there's a couple of, of DM chats that I'm in with, uh, some, you know, there's a college chat that I'm in, met up with a couple of the college guys, um, and my friend Joshua, it was great to just run the show with them for a little bit. So, so a great weekend, uh, a lot of awesome cards, a lot of like, we're in kind of a weird spot where I think people are still kind of high on a lot of cards because they might have bought in kind of high um but for kind of my range people are more flexible on like the lower and mid range so it was good to, to snag a few deals snag a few cards for the pc um so overall a great weekend but i do want to spiral this into the first subject that i want to talk about which was just kind of a crazy dallas show of as far as what happened at the show it's kind of been some hobby news and it's still really recent um for those of you guys who weren't at the Dallas show, and it's crazy because I liter- quite literally walked into it with my friend Drake uh, at trade night on, I believe it was Saturday night. Um, we walked in and there was some drama as far as some fake uh, some fake cards getting thrown around at trade night. Um, the One of the managers of the event was very upset, obviously, and some pretty crazy drama ensued where the individual, I think there were two people involved. And the individual kind of, you know, pulled out of the room, was going to get detained, tried to run, uh, was tackled. I believe from what I hear was tackled by a, a, another collector and the police, you know, got on to on on. they both kind of converged on the guy and had taser out. It was just a crazy situation overall. And there's been kind of a lot of, you know, confusion in the hobby as far as like what were the fake cards You know, a lot of people have been talking about there was uh, some of the first reports were, you know, fake Jordan rookies at the show. Everyone I talked to, even people that were like right in front of it, were saying fake Jordan rookies. Uh, Then it turns out that the Jordan rookies were all Mike Baker authenticated. Uh, And Mike Baker himself even said that he had authenticated those cards and that they were legit. Um, But now come to find out that the actual cards that were being dealt was uh, fake PSA graded slabs is kind of the current thing that we're hearing. Um, And we've not only had like reports of that from the show, but we're hearing some other stories of people from past shows that are saying that these two people um, traded and sold them fake slabs, that they've actually gotten letters from PSA uh, or from outside sources saying that these cards are not legit, that they're not legitimate items, um, and people referencing that these two are the the individuals uh, that have been doing that. So I kind of want to talk to you guys. One, what do you guys think about like, you know, we don't see this typical drama at a card show. We see some people maybe getting arrested for stealing, but just kind of being in the uh, I didn't actually go out into the room and see the or out in the hallway and see, you know, all the crazy stuff that happened. Um, But I do want to kind of get y'all's opinion as far as fake items go. Um, We're used to seeing fake, you know, raw cards that are reprints on eBay and things like that. How worried are you guys that we're seeing fake PSA slabs now with legitimate uh, num- serial numbers and potentially legitimate barcodes? I'm not sure if that's how that works, but does this worry you guys going forward? Where are y'all at with that?
3: It's not necessarily new. Um, like the fake slabs have been around for years at this point. Um, just the, the thing that concerned me the most about it was, I mean, yes, it's it's a very... Terrible thing, selling the fakes, everything like that. But just the the angry mob mentality in the video is very disconcerting. I, I, I'm not saying, oh, cut the guy a break. But we see everybody yelling at him, did anybody check on the guy that got ripped off? Or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, some of the
2: things that people were yelling that makes him just as bad as, you know, whoever was, you know...
0: Dealing the fake cards and all that. Exactly. And that, and I think that's like, I was going to spin on to that point towards the end. I think that um, we as a hobby can definitely be better. Um, Cause it's actually crazy. So from where I was at in the room, so the way that Dallas convention is, is there's a, like a big room, uh, like a massive room. I think it's like 400, 500 vendors or something. And then there's like a smaller room, but it's like all the way around uh, kind of the hotel. You have to walk like a little bit of a ways to get there. And so the trade night was in the smaller room from where i was at like obviously everyone was when the guys got pulled out of the room they were like doing the whole na 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 hey hey or something like that they were like goodbye. bye they were doing yeah, all like, that stuff something
3: like that uh, I- i'm fine with that that's yeah, kind of like, playful whatever
0: yeah but like that yeah i heard i had heard that and that was the last i had really heard of all the stuff going on outside um and then once the doors kind of shut behind i didn't hear anything at all until somebody some people had come in and we starting to talk about like "Oh, did you hear the guy tried to run or whatever but when i saw the videos afterwards you couldn't really tell if you were in the room the type of stuff that was going on out there but seeing the videos afterwards like for one it's it is concerning like obviously what happened with the fakes and to some extent i feel like the guy deserves to be kind of shunned from the hobby especially now that it's coming out about the fake thing um but from a community's perspective i think it's very unethical to do the things that to say the things that people were saying, uh, some of the, you know, verbiage that was used, um, people, you know, every we're in a mentality of, like, you know, character these days where as soon as something crazy or potentially viral, like, within the community happens, we want to pull the phones out and get right in the middle of the action. Uh, but people are failing to realize, like, there are police officers trying to do their work or security trying to do their work, and you're getting right in the middle of that, um, and which, one, can create a dangerous situation, but also, as far as the verbiage used, it's a bad look for the hobby. Um. Not only on social media, but like obviously we weren't the only people. I'm sure that card collectors were the majority of the people at the hotel, but like we look like a pack of ravaged animals when you're out there just yelling, hooping, and hollering in a hallway. Like you forget your place and where you're at. Um, and I like exactly what you two said. And and I and I think that what the viral video speak for itself so much because both of you are transitioning from the act of what the guy was doing and focusing on highlighting the community's actions to what he did which i think speaks volumes to the negative you know impact that i think people's words had on you know the general community especially people that weren't there
2: and i think more people are going to react to that side of it right away anyway because there, we've seen so many stories of what actually went down that preceded that that i don't like i don't even know what actually happened because i've seen stories from like people who were Involved people who weren't involved, people like you just see them all over, but then everybody sees like what people said in in that video because it's been posted alongside the story pretty much every time.
3: So,
0: absolutely, go ahead. And
3: uh, obviously, I I haven't actually listened to the entire audio yet, but I've seen multiple people say that like people were yelling out, like, kill yourself and stuff like that. Obviously, you know my stance on that. That's just right. something we just have to get better at as, as a hobby. Just mm-hmm. There's a lot of testosterone in the hobby. I get it. We get aggressive. Um, but just be, Gotta be better. Yeah, you know? be better to, be to other people.
0: Yeah. And that's like, and, and I feel like I almost made an apology last night on my story. Cause like, I think we are in a, in a state of, especially of social media. Um, cause I'm, I'm not a perfect human either. And I think like when it happened, my first reaction was like, screw that guy. Um, without really knowing all of the details. And then of course, like details are coming out and people are saying, uh, the mic, they were, he was like something about Mike Baker. I think the, like the story app, cause at the show it was general consensus. He was selling like people that were like in the vicinity we're saying this guy was selling fake Jordan rookies that were Mike Baker authenticated, which for one in my brain, I'm like, if they're Mike Baker authenticated, are people out there faking Mike Baker authenticated?" Like I was confused, but that was the general con- consensus. So I was just like, OK, fake Jordans, whatever. That's kind of concerning. But. You know, I had kind of jumped the gun, I feel like, on just automatically. Accu- I think like when the guy ran like running. It's kind of like my guilty, like, okay, that's a guilty conscience. Like, why are you running, like, you know, get detained and, like, explain what happened and sort this out. To try to run shows that you're guilty of something, which turns out from what we're hearing now is the case. But with all, like, I feel like there was, like, four or five hours where it was the general consensus that maybe people had jumped the gun. And I think just as a hobby in, in, in general, maybe we need to kind of push the brakes a little bit on some stuff until things get flushed out a little bit more. Um... I'm not 100% sure exactly of what the full situation will be. As far as I heard, the kid that got um, duped got refunded. Um, He decided not to press charges on on the guy or guys. Because I think one guy did the deal, but there are two guys working together. Um, Because I've heard at least allegedly stories of both of them doing that. And I guess until more comes out, we won't 100% know. So we should probably just label this all as allegedly until more confirmed information. But just in general, like, The hobby needs to kind of like pump the brakes because you are exactly right when you said it. There's so much testosterone in those rooms when you're at the card show. It's just like guys on top of guys on top of guys that are just flexing their cards. They're trying to, you know, obviously impress their buddies and stuff like that. And then of course some crazy stuff happens and everyone's been drinking and people get hyped. But like, I think that there's just so many people that forget where we're at. You know, we're in a public space. We're at a nice hotel. Uh, There are people that are there to probably vacation and that's just absolutely, you know, not good for hobby image when you look at the videos.
1: Are you saying we need more card wives in the hobby?
0: We do need more card wives. I think that some of these guys can get simply calmed down. You know, I kind of just chilled in the corner to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm not gonna get involved. One of those guys started going. I actually was while that stuff was going on. Me, uh, I was with a buddy of mine. Um, and we worked out a deal for like a Justin Herber hollow heroes that he was wanting pretty bad. So like that whole situation is going on and I'm doing a trade deal in the corner with my buddy, like for a card at a table. It was pretty funny actually.
3: Yeah. Uh, first off, I would very much like to make my ringtone, just TUD saying guys on top of guys on top of guys on top of guys. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, like, like you said, just, we need to be better about not jumping to conclusions, sharing stuff before all the information is out. I mean, I have definitely been trying to get better with that myself over the last couple of years, because if you know, a couple of years ago, Nate, I stirred every single pot I could.
0: He's like the modern day, like what modern day uh, Tyler, I guess, because Tyler's always posting, posting like the hobby community, I guess, like what, like South Park Cards is also getting involved in a lot. And he did. He does a lot of like good work. But guys like that, like are always on top of like they're kind of like. Making sure that people, like, some of the news isn't getting away from people, you know?
3: Yeah, and that that is absolutely fine. But like I said, just, we see more and more stories popping up where none of the information is being verified before it's just being shared and shared and shared and shared. Absolutely.
0: No, I agree. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah,
2: I think that's just a thing in general. People like to be the first one to have this story out or they want to be the first person to talk about what just happened. So yeah, I think we just got to wait and see what all actually happened before, you know, making a judgment or decision or what have you on what happened. So, and like, like a lot of people weren't even there, like you were there Mm -hmm. and you didn't even know what was going on
0: right away. So yeah, the people that were outside (laughs) of that room, we're going to be the only people that knew because honestly the inside of that like it happened right outside of the doors and I didn't hear any of the the like I'm sure people may be right up against it that were inside might have heard it but me being across the room I didn't hear any of that so it's like so many of us didn't even know what happened um but it, and then like that just goes to show like people very close to the situation didn't even really know exactly what was going on because the general consensus was fake Jordan rookies uh, which I don't know the guaranteed item that the guy had traded. I, I don't know what exactly the trade was um, or the fake slabs. But again, to go back to it, like, you know, I think the fake slabs, like Nate said, have been in the hobby. Um, But I would just kind of do your research a little bit, especially like I don't think you have to worry about it too much if you're dealing in like lower end stuff. Um, Once you start getting into the Brady rookies, once you start getting into, you know, the Jordans, like kind of the big guys that everyone uh, goes after because it's fluid stuff for those guys like if people are trying to make fake slabs they know they can move jordans they can move brady's like stuff like that so you might want to have like a buddy or two that are, is really confident in like their ability to identify some of these cards uh or identify like legit copies because i think that's just where sadly the community is going i had an experience it was like a brief experience but i i remember and i think it was even local I can't remember if it was local or not, but on Facebook Marketplace, there was somebody selling a fake um, Charizard PSA 9, maybe, Um, but he was, he was, like, it was on Facebook Marketplace, and he was referring to it as a fake, like, he wasn't trying to say it was legit, but he was selling it for, like, 70 bucks or something like that, and he was, like, you know, looks exactly like a PSA card, it has, like, all the bells and whistles that you need for Like I think it was like an older version of a PSA slab. So like the whole concept basically was so that somebody would buy it and then try to make it as a – like if you're making – like I can understand. If you're going to make reprints, I don't like it at all. Like I even made a story on my Instagram yesterday about like there's this guy on eBay selling nothing but reprints, which is like make your money. Sure, obviously, I guess that's what your whole plan is. But I think it's bad for the hobby because it just circulates more bullshit. But when you put that card and you work to fake a PSA slab onto it, that just absolutely screams that you are trying to like have extremely negative implications in this hobby and muddy the waters even more for people trying to get legit copies, which I am like 10 million percent against on that front because it's the whole merit of doing that is that you're trying to scam or at least be involved and tied to a scam down the road. If someone buys that from you and they try to dupe a kid that's wants this card and say, look, you know, you're, you're a good kid. I'll give it to a 150 bucks and then they double their money and the kid doesn't even know or something, or the dad doesn't know. So stuff like that terrifies me just for the community. But at the same time as somebody who thinks about that stuff on a regular basis, I feel like, you know, I, I like as a personal person, I'm not worried about it cause I don't collect stuff like that right now, but we got to think about everybody who maybe isn't as savvy as like some of us or, or hasn't been in the hobby as long that doesn't think about these things
2: think knowingly selling reprints and stuff like that might be just as bad as trying to sell them off as real like if exactly. you're because we've seen even now recently like some of these fake cards are getting passed on to hga and smaller grading companies like that and some are actually getting slabbed and then after the fact like they're like oh this is fake or other people are figuring out it's fake before like those companies are because i think there was maybe a couple Jordans that went to HGA that ended up being fake. It was like a... I think it was something from Flair Showcase, a PMG yeah. or something. There was but, a
0: PMG that was fake that was slabbed through HGA, which caused a lot of controversy. It was the green PMG, which, like, when you look at that, you're like, yeah, nobody's sending a green Jordan 97 <laughs> PMG to HGA. Right. No offense to HGA, but like... I don't know. I saw somebody send...
3: Happen. I saw somebody send like multiple Justin Herbert 101s to HGA. I'm like, why?
0: Yeah. I think it, I think it Jordan, How labels? Green, a Jordan green PMG is probably a far cry from that, but still, yeah, like that, that kind of doesn't make sense. But some people, you know, just like if they're PC cards, they like the way that that looks. And we, we've been over the whole HGA, like where they sit in the hobby, as far as white people like it and stuff. They,
2: I, HGA doesn't authenticate, do they? They just slab.
0: So yeah, they don't, they don't actually authenticate the card. Uh, I'm assuming. Well, you know, yes, they do because uh, I believe the guy who owns HGA made a statement that they they authenticate the Jordans, don't they? Because there was some controversy about like a Jordan or something, and they said they had an authenticator, isn't that right, Nate? Or do you not know? Or um,
3: I don't I feel like they know do. about that specifically. I just know. I think I saw somewhere. Uh, one time, like, somebody sent something to get graded by HGA, and it came back with, like, one of those letters saying, we don't think this is real.
0: Okay, yeah. So that may, like, that may show that they at least are looking for it, you know, type of thing. So, um, but I do want to spin, just for time's sake, into another hobby fiasco that happened. We've been blessed early in the January. If you're a guy who, you know, savors the card controversy content, this has been a very good month for you. A very good start to 2022 by probably one of the best starts that we've had. How are you guys? And before I kind of go into it, I kind of want to hear from you guys first. The Backyard Breaks controversy, and I will just lead up into it for those who may not know about it. Um, Two breakers that are on several different apps Um, that I think they do Twitch, whatnot, you know, a couple, uh, a couple different ones like that. They do box breaks typically. I think they give some free boxes away here and there, which, you know, that's cool and, and all. However, they hit absolutely dead in the water this week whenever they were giving away a box of Absolute, or maybe it was a pack from Absolute, I'm not sure if it was the whole box or pack, um, to a, probably, I think it was their least, like their guy who did the worst in like a $2,500 per person break or something like that, which is, you know, that person's obviously feeling really bad if they did the worst in a $2,500 break. So it kind of makes sense that they get a box of Absolute, you know, if they're trying to do that, that, so people aren't confused on that. Um, But whenever they pulled out the pack, they saw it was a gold kaboom they couldn't tell what kaboom but they kind of raised it because the absolute packs are clear you can kind of see through i I believe before you actually open it um they saw it was a gold kaboom so they set it down and did the other two and i don't like i said i don't know if those other two were for two other people or if the whole box was for this individual uh i can't remember off the top of my head but they even said the name of the individual which i believe his name was like gpel 10 on twitch uh or was the person in the break who was last and they and they were referencing that we're going to give away a gold kaboom which is like minimum two thousand dollars they're like we're doing this live like for the community blah 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 they open the pack it's a trevor lawrence out of ten kaboom which for those who know is a pretty massive card in the hobby uh despite his play this year and his situation uh $20,000, $25,000, I think, is what people are roughly thinking this is worth. It could be a little less, could be a little more, depending on the person. I mean, maybe with the controversy of everything, maybe the card has a little bit more significance of value as a meme card for someone with deep pockets that thinks it matters. Um, but regardless, you know, that card, rightfully, according to them, was going to Pel 10 But they had a change of heart as soon as they saw Trevor Lawrence. Decided they were gonna keep the card, which led into a ton of controversy, which followed by them saying they were gonna to donate to charity to make it right. Uh, what I forget the amount, maybe 20,000 was what they said. Maybe it was less. Um, and then they decided to give the card away, uh, which apparently the person who won the card wasn't in the live uh, on Twitch, because it had to be through Twitch, because somebody had even said, or maybe even there's a screenshot that that person wasn't in the chat at the time and also they have the phone number to the guy who won the card and they had called him uh, according to other people. I wasn't in the stream but this is like all the hobby news that was going on. So, I'll ask for y'all's opinion on this first. Katie sounds like she's ready to jump into this, which I'd love to hear what she has to say. What are you thinking?
1: Very strong opinion on this when you told me because it's interesting because breakers there's no regulations or rules. It's really up to the breakers to be ethical and to follow through on their promises. And I feel like these guys just it's like getting your getting giving somebody a lottery ticket and then you hitting big. It's like, well you right. still gave them the lottery ticket, so technically it's theirs. Um right. I just think that breakers need to be held to a higher ethical responsibility.
0: Yeah, and I mean I think that a big you know it, it, the breakers are mostly operating on their reputation for the most part. Cause I mean, as I I know that at some point it becomes where there can be a lawsuit. um Probably if you're doing like massive cases and stuff like that. um But for the most part, you know, like people, you, like you said, people need to be held to a higher standard. And I think that they were trying to justify it by like, Well, we did these massive breaks, and like, you know, we give back to the community, and we can't just be giving a $20,000 card away for free. You know, we'll give you another box, and we'll do more breaks, and we'll do more free stuff. And it's like, that doesn't really balance out when you literally say, like, it, it looks bad and it's just unethical in the hobby.
1: And it makes no sense to me that they didn't give the card to this guy who they originally said they would give it to. Go back, donate 20000 to charity, which is great if you want to get charity. Allegedly. But then they also gave away the exact same card to somebody else. Right. That makes no Allegedly. sense. Allegedly.
2: Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: makes no sense. Why not just give it away in the first place? Sorry. Absolutely. Like I said, I'm very, as soon as I heard this, I was like, there's a lot of red flags here.
2: To me this is just a perfect example of your two different types of breakers. You have those who care about their customers and are building relationships and you know, it, doing something good for the hobby and then there's those who are just in it for the money and the the who can have the biggest uh screaming reaction and uh who can make the most money out of it. Right.
0: Absolutely. Nate, what do you think?
1: Andrew is a great breaker. Yeah, Katie.
0: <laughs> Katie has watched me watch many of your breaks, so she she sits there. So So
3: you mean to tell me that two Florida frat bro douchebags messed something up?
0: (laughs) Nate's going in, boys. Nate's going in.
3: First off, like, okay, never judge a book by its cover. Unless that book looks like a Florida frat bro douchebag. Which (laughs) these guys, one look at them. Yes, first off, Florida... Which, global warming, hurry up, just take Florida out to sea. Uh, We don't need it.
2: Sorry Um, to anyone in Florida who's listening.
3: But yeah, so many red flags with this. They didn't give it back to the original guy. One of my favorite parts is there is a clip of them saying, we just got back from the Boys and Girls Club where we donated $20,000 and all of the haters are saying, receipts, receipts, receipts. But it's not about that. So you don't have receipts. That's what you're saying. You <laughs> right. didn't actually right. donate that money. And, right. and then people were saying, you know, isn't that just a tax
2: write-off? If you did.
0: And someone like, was saying that they don't, that Boys and Girls Club doesn't do cash. Someone said they looked it up and, like, they don't accept cash, which they said they were dropping off cash.
2: Plus, like, I, I get, like, yeah, storing the charity is always a good thing. But what does that have to do with who, the guy you just stole a card from?
1: And it, right. it means yeah. that allegedly they lost or gave away 40000 where in the beginning it was just twenty. dollars yeah.
0: yeah, that's exactly what I said in my, in my Instagram story. And I had called, like, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I literally, before all this, like, after all this thing where they said they were going to donate, I literally was like, I guarantee you that the charity donation won't have any, you know, receipts or anything to go with it. So obviously, you know... Even how they ended that video with, like, we're going to go do this right now. Like, it just sounded like some bullshit, like they staged it. Uh, And second of all, if your first reaction to, like, as a breaker to your free uh, somebody that, you, you know, if you're going to give a free card away in Twitch, you already understand that there could be somebody who just joined the chat that hasn't participated in your breaks that wins it. If you make, like, if the rules that you set could make that happen. And, you know, that's your fault for not making it. You know, so and so. But apparently this GPL guy was involved in the break of twenty five hundred dollars, according to what they had said. Like this is going to the person who did the worst in a expensive break. So it's somebody who spends money with you. If your first reaction isn't to feel like joy for that person, like, oh shit, this is nuts that you just hit this. Like, I am so happy that we did this for you. Like, your night's gonna get a lot better. Obviously, like it probably like you're gonna you're gonna break that box anyways, right? You know, it, regardless if someone's paying or not, like you're probably not ripping that yourself. So why does it matter if you break it in a break and hit it for paying customers or you give it for free to somebody and change their lives? You know, if your first reaction is to just take that away from them, you're not going to donate $20,000 of your money and the card right after that situation. Like to me, that just makes zero sense in my mind.
1: Isn't it like a good look for the breakers if they do hit a big card? Like isn't it good for their brand? Supposed to be. Yes.
2: Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. If you don't uh say, hey, I'm gonna keep this card.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah.
2: Like if you're gonna do breaks, that's that's kind of the thing you have to know, like, like whether you're no. a big breaker or a small breaker, because you gotta know, oh, I could hit something crazy in this box, but other people yeah. paid to open this. I didn't pay to open this. These like,
1: are my cards at this point. Like, like yeah, at
2: this point,
3: you, whatever you pull, that's yeah, that's going to your Brandon customer. Cooks to ninety nine. Brandon <laughs> yes. Cooks to ninety nine. Oh, somebody's, has at somebody's, somebody's at the door. Yeah, yeah
0: somebody's
1: right. at the door. That
0: video. I got that reference. But rumor, l- rumor like, has it that Andrew still has that two uh, cracked dice that he pulled out of contenders. <laughs> he just snuck it under the rug and sent the fake one to the buyers. Uh, to
3: the l- like you said, with. The guy who allegedly won the giveaway in the end. So first off, you you have a random Twitch follower. How can you Facetime them right away? Especially if you say you don't know that person, but they're blocked by you on Instagram. Like yeah. I, I I red flag. Red flag. These these LMFAO rejects need to just get their stories straight, especially the one that is out there looking like a cheerleader from The Longest Yard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. They just killed me. Yeah, I think that the situation is, is you know, I think it's a perfect example of, like, like I think that this this year has been so good. Like, what I love about this year is it's all of the OG people that, like, know the bullshit that can happen in this hobby. See the train wreck that has been everything kind of building up through the past couple of years since it blew up. You know, oh, breakers, some breakers actually just care about money and they don't really give a shit about the community. that's kind of interesting, you know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one, (laughs) you know, Oh, people are, you know, selling fake slabs at shows or reprints or becoming kind of a, a pandemic within the hobby. Like, Oh, that's something that I didn't know. You know, it's like these, this, this is something that has been building up. And like you said, like some of these issues have been a thing for a while, but this is great that we have seen such a hobby spotlight on it because it's great that the general public, uh, of collectors that maybe don't know, like some people don't pay attention to the little news bits. And it's great that it's kind of all hitting a in the card world mainstream cycle of everyone uh, berating these people that are involved in all of these shady things. Because what it does is it just shows like there are people out there, like not every card collector that you run into that says good things to you or that makes you feel included or that makes you feel community cares about like you. Some of them could care you know, 0%. So when you give your money to people, like it's it's best to kind of like see the signs. And, and I'm not gonna go in because I don't know anything about this. And so I will say allegedly, but there has been some people that have said that they've called out this specific group of breakers that we're talking about right now, these two, for some scams uh, a year or two back. That they had done some shady things with, uh, either in trades or whatever. I don't know a bunch of details about that, but it came from a pretty reliable source that I trust that is normally accurate with stuff. Um, But like, it's like some of these things are in the cards, there are signs already ahead of time. So it's just good to kind of like know the people that you're dealing with. It's great to not, you know. Maybe don't do breaks with people that that do their breaks shirtless and scream when they hit a, a lamello ball base card out of optic or something like try to focus on the people that have been in the hobby a long time like there's a ton of names that I could really bring up I don't want to show favoritism to anyone necessarily but like there are great community breakers out there that do great work. And I encourage you to find those people if you are someone that do break because. These are people that have been in the hobby since 2013 when they really had nothing to gain from it. And they're the same people that are breaking today that still give great prices that break things that most people aren't. Like for Andrew, uh, I guess, you know, to shout out Andrew and his uh, his old school breaks that he does, you know, there's people that do variety in the hobby and there's people that actually care about the community. Uh, and so I think that just this might end up being the year of getting the bullshit out. And it never will be out. But it's great to at least weed a little bit of it out, you know, trim off the top. And and of course, there's probably going to be more that join than leave. uh, But it's just a battle that we'll be fighting forever, I believe.
3: Yeah, and just to to piggyback off of that and people only being in the hobby, just a a quick reminder. uh, Don't pay for investment
0: advice. Absolutely. DM the boys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. DMS will do it for free I don't care what question you have and if I don't know the answer I will refer you to somebody that does and I will not charge you a dime I will just charge you the time to read my long response i probably send you
2: and I was going to say Todd you hit, you hit on the point I wanted to leave that kind of with is there's people who've been breaking for years and they've been doing it you know the same way the right way for years now so you can find those reliable and professional people and I mean there's even some newer ones I've seen pop up too that do it really well but Like you said, don't want to show favorites, but you can definitely find them out there because there's more breakers
0: now than there ever were, but you just got to find the the good ones. It's just like podcasts. You know, there's so many podcasts out there and you guys found the best one in the card life. So we appreciate you guys listening as always. Let's spin this though, away from the negativity in the hobby as much as there is, but we do obviously want to enlighten some of the people who may not be in the loop of all the stuff going on. We didn't get to talk about Fanatics buying uh, tops couple weeks back because obviously we'd missed the episode. I think it actually happened the day after we, we had filmed an episode. Uh, And then of course we ended up uh, getting sick and not talking about it the next week. So I'm very interested in this, like this has potential huge hobby implications. Um, Right now, as you know, I think that, you know, tops has the baseball license. And so fanatics will probably share their, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be some inspiration there. Potentially. I know that they're hoping to kind of keep tops to doing their own thing, but we'll see what happens. Obviously not much has been said yet. Uh, but what are you guys kind of thinking as far as going forward with Fanatics buying tops? Are we going to see any shifts? Is there going to be any huge moves before 2026 when they get the full license for all sports? What are y'all seeing from this?
3: So best case scenario, and this is what I'm going with it. it there's nothing to say that it's not going to happen. Um, say, there's a lot of speculation with Panini whether Fanatics will buy them. That's just a whole separate issue. But just having tops, when Fanatics takes over the basketball and football licenses, we could get all of our old favorites back. You know, tops, chrome, football, tops, chrome, basketball, stuff like that, triple threads, football. Mm-hmm. So I'm staying positive with it, um, especially because when they announced it, Michael Rubin specifically mentioned collectors and card shops.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: So rather than his usual vague, oh, no middlemen, well, who's a <laughs> middleman? He, he actually mentioned, you know, card shops, collectors, stuff like that. So it makes me a lot more hopeful than I was when, like, the news initially came out that Fanatics was taking over before they bought tops and everything else.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as far as the, you know,
2: we saw Fanatics go get the, the bigger sport league licensings. And then we see him go get tops, which you kind of put two and two together and hope that tops comes back with some of those old football and basketball products. So, yeah, other than that, hopefully, I know they're going after some, possibly some grading companies as far as acquisitions as well. And we'll see if that goes anywhere or with just other card companies like Panini, Upper Deck, which I don't think they'll go after Upper Deck, but who knows because uh, nobody thought they would go and get all these licenses like they did. So yeah, it'll be interesting to monitor because obviously we still have a few years too before it all takes place. So there's plenty of time for them to kind of figure some more stuff out.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of potential like with, you know, who knows what's going to happen. There's it's it's all speculation and that's all we can really do at this point. Um, I think that there's a couple things that I take from it, you know, as far as obviously speculation, but I think I might have said on a past episode, one of my hopefuls from Fanatics was that we would see uh, kind of a trend of more game used items. Um, and because I feel like Fanatics has more of a reputation with the direct players and the teams than potentially some of these card companies do. Um at least that's like my my perception. I could be wrong, but I feel like fanatics dealing with mostly merchandise and, and gear and stuff like I think that's the case. Uh sadly we won't with this ap- acquisition of tops, I don't think we'll see too much change from that, just strictly because like baseball has always been really good about having game used items in most of their products. So I don't think like there's gonna be any difference or like anything that we would noticeably see i think it won't be until we see football and basketball and even then basketball still has like i think it's really football that i'm discussing because football i feel like has been the biggest culprit of not giving us what we really want as far as game used items like we are in 2021 and we have yet to have a patrick mahomes game used item in any card product unless i am missing one but i'm almost positive I'm not. I think same maybe with Lamar Jackson and like, you know, some of these other top quarterbacks. There could be like doesn't Josh Allen maybe have something in like that Panini product where they had like the big vertical patches from this past year? Like I think maybe he has a game use card in that or something. But most of these big quarterbacks we're not seeing anything of and maybe that's where fanatics will kind of change the ball of like maybe we'll get a, a jersey or two or they can get their hands on one and, and make it work for a whole year's product or a couple years product, I'm sure. Um, so that's kind of where I, my mindset is with that is just like kind of perseverance of the hobby integrity of like game use. Like if we're going to have patches and cards and stuff, I don't want to see them be player worn forever. Um, and that just be a lazy trend that we see for 10 years. I think that's like a very dark place in the hobby because then you're really just looking for autographs that mean anything, uh, or numbered cards, which we know how numbered cards are getting. There's so, uh, there's so many out there and even the autographs are getting quite a bit out there. So we're just, you know becoming a slave I think to the production lines uh, because then you know the money that they spend on tops we'll probably see the the numbers ramp up for production as well because the you know they spent a pretty penny on that and they're going to want to get their money back and and so we'll see possibly some some products turning out and maybe even some new ones this year that we haven't even heard from tops before that may be influenced through fanatics
2: I mean hey we've got one more one more game a season L so that's one more jersey hopefully I,
0: maybe that game maybe that is like what will what (laughs) will i think in theory
2: theory, i think the nfl jerseys are just so exclusive for game war compared to other sports like absolutely obviously baseball you have a ton of them basketball Mm -hmm. you got a ton of them hockey you got a ton of them football you also see a lot
3: more jersey swaps for football mm-hmm. than you do yep. any other, other sports so that's even less that we have access
0: to absolutely yeah we're
2: starting to even get sets made of those now i think panini did one in spectra last year where it had it's like a jersey, oh, swap jersey swap, set. Right. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. you <laughs> gotta wonder how many jerseys a season of say like mahomes allen players like that are available each year to even go after and it, it can't I'm be sure. a lot
0: and i'm sure it's hard as well like i mean because like Mahomes being as good as he is, and like same for some of these other QBs and young people, like some of those jerseys are auctioned off by the NFL as as big pieces in some of their charity events, and some of these pieces go to the you know Hall of Fame or some of the team stuff. Or like you know, there's there's so many places that G, the, these jerseys go. And I'm not gonna act like an expert on on where I think that like how many I think that there could be a year. But when you think about like like you said, with all the all the things that go on, football is by far one of the least you know 18 or 17 games a season not counting playoffs especially if they're not playing you know maybe one or two for some of these players that may get hurt from from season to season like there's really not a lot exactly like you guys said and that's kind of like a general consensus and known in the hobby um but for some you know for some people that may be newer that's a a huge reason for why we're not seeing some of this but if fanatic if fanatics is like you know a merchandising maybe they're like less autograph focused and more just like let's get the game in their hands and like maybe try to go out and get a couple of these big jerseys and and really make a splash when they enter the field in like 2026 type of thing
2: and i was gonna say one way they could maybe try to go about fixing that is go after more of like what we used to see with like game used helmet pieces game used footballs uh like we had i forget what else but like absolute used to do a lot of it even like pylons uh, like super bowl yeah. pylons, i think there's yeah. a set of like pylons
3: that. uh kicking nets go get some socks get go some get dirt some, some so cleats
0: some cle- <laughs> some dirt from the field with grass How do about, about a game
3: used chin strap
0: yeah isn't isn't there even a piece of like a uh, field goal like maybe not the field goal but yeah, like, like, no, like the, or something, yeah no so like yes they or...
3: they used to do the netting yeah um let's see some game used jock straps just yeah absolutely a- anything we can get our hands on <laughs> um but yeah. also they can do what the nhl does have the players put on different jerseys for the second half of the game
1: right I was yeah gonna suggest that's smart if we need yeah more- that
0: is smart i actually I am mean, going to be honest i didn't i didn't really know that they did that i feel like i might have heard that before but i that's not like in my
1: that in my brain
0: doubles. yeah doubles hmm yeah that is neat it's really cool. so nhl is the only team that does that though or like only sport that i know that does that right I believe so. That's kind of neat, though. Is there any like other reason why, or is it like,
3: um, not that I know of, off the top of my head? Kind
0: of, it's kind of just to have a fresh. They probably sweated through the first, the first one, and they're like, we need to do stuff.
3: Or there's blood of, on it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got in a fist fight in the first period, and they gotta, they gotta change it. That's actually really funny. Yeah, I think that we'll see what you know what happens. Like I said, all speculation, but. You know, if and like another thing to even think about and not I, I think that this is probably one of the least thing chances of things happening. But if if Fanatics goes out and makes a big a ballsy move and buys, you know, buys Panini tomorrow. Then licensing should transfer over to tops like immediately and they can start production quick, which may like I don't think would happen because like, why would they go ahead and go out and get the licensing for 2026 unless they were pressured to go ahead and and make that deal before Panini got ahead of them on it or tops with baseball. So, like, it'll be interesting to see. But if that happens, we could see, like, a immediate change in the hobby. Like, probably within a few months, obviously, they'd probably have to get stuff going. But we could see just, like, a lot quicker because people are kind of not at the point where it's really hit them yet that Fanatics is taking over in 2026. But if this happens tomorrow, we could see, like towards the end of 2022, like maybe basketball season, uh, you know, the middle of basketball season or something some crazy stuff happening and that just that's cool to think of, but like I said, one of the most far-fetched things that will probably happen. But we'll jump into the last segment of the show and we're going to end on a fun note. We're going to include the card wife in on this one. We're going to do a segment probably not every week, uh maybe every two weeks. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we're going to call it Katie's Corner, where she kind of from a newer collector asks three people who've been in the hobby for pretty long. And this will kind of be a community question too. So I'd love if you guys, you know, reach out to either Katie or any of us about like what y'all think and we'll share it within ourselves in the group. Uh, how do, uh, Katie, what's your question this week that you have for us?
1: Yeah, so in this new year, I've gotten into eBay and finding things for my own collection. So my question for y'all this week is how do y'all set y'all search parameters when searching for eBay or searching for cards on eBay.
3: So first off, that was a lot of y'all's, um, just rapid fire, real quick. But <laughs> <laughs> <Us laughs> <Texas laughs> folk
0: love that word, and we will use it. <laughs> <Sorry.
1: weekly>. you <laughs> You're
3: fine. I just it's just said
1: that in my live.
0: You all.
3: It, It's it's better than the Pittsburgh one, which is yin's but that's a whole different story.
0: What? Is that actually no that's oh, not a thing?
3: No, that is that is hardcore a thing. Y-N-Z. Or Y A or Y-I-N-Z.
0: Yins. Is there an apostrophe in there? Somewhere? No. No, there's not. It's just yins.
3: It's just yins.
0: I didn't I've never heard that before. It's, now I'm actually fascinated.
3: It's horrible. But the biggest thing that I say um, like if you have saved searches on eBay, um, account for the illiterate. Um, so, say. like, uh, I'll, I'll use Todd's player as an example. Like Nile Davis. Okay, if you're gonna save a search for Nile Davis on eBay, you should also save a search for K N I L no E Davis.
0: Or oh, my like, favorite is without the K because people think Nile River or something. Yeah, like the that K,
3: that Nile as well. Yeah. If you collect Dwayne Wade, spell his first name. The two different ways. Yeah. Um, But just having saved searches um, is probably the the biggest thing that I would suggest. Also, if you're really looking for something, like you kind of want to get quickly, I would search by ending soonest first. If you don't really see anything there, switch to newly listed because you might be able to scoop up like a buy it now that was too low or just get to a card before other people can.
0: Absolutely. This is a great day to talk about save searches because probably about an hour ago, um, I used kind of one of the methods, or I mean, it's not really a method, but like save searches helped me get an insane item that I didn't otherwise wouldn't have been able to get. Um, I typically like for me, it's a little different than most people because I have so many, like my collection of East Texas guys is so intense. Like there's so many names out there. So it's literally just, you could scroll. I think I might have the max or maybe close to the max and I have to like even not have people on there. And of course I have some like investment potential searches of things like F1, um, You know, I love F1, and sometimes I can get some good deals on stuff if I'm kind of quick or there's some auctions. You know, right now is a great time to have that. And sometimes I have seasonal options where, like, you know, maybe as baseball season goes out, if there's a couple of guys that I look at uh, that I'm not, like, too crazy about, it's kind of just more of a, like, you know, uh, what's the word? Like, I guess, like, a seasonal thing that I'll buy during baseball season. That's not, you know, something I'm looking for out of the season. I'll just take it off, and that way it's not clogging my feed. Uh, But today I got really lucky on my Johnny Manziel search, Somebody posted the one of one from I think 2014 five star, uh, the I from Manziel, like full letter patch. Uh, and he posted it for like 65 or best offer, and I got it for like 45. Buy it now, which is to me, like, you know, from uh, you know, some people know how crazy Manziel stuff still goes, like, people love Manziel 45, insane deal. I didn't think I was gonna get it, it was kind of more of a like, hope this happens. Yeah. And, so like, that's like just the example of you sometimes will stumble on things that you're not expecting to get, but save searches, like I saw it right when it was pretty much listed and I offered and like 30 minutes later, he he sent me a counter right above what I offered and accepted it. So it's like, I think that just kind of not so much a, even the search parameters of how you're doing it, first setting them up and Nate gave some great examples. Uh, but I think a, gr- a great thing is just keeping up with fo- like having several that you can go as kind of just treats. Maybe if you're like, have extra time and you want to search for uh, some things that you don't really like, aren't super high on. Like for me, it'd be like Brandon Jones stuff. I'm always searching for, cause there's things that I'm really, really looking for and Nile Davis and stuff. But I also have smaller searches. Like um, I'm trying to think of a couple, like, you know, I don't really buy a lot of Patrick Mahomes stuff on eBay, but I have like, of course, a Mahomes search and like a couple of other things that I'll kind of do as like, a, make a tier list of what you're really focused on. And try to keep your eyes on those as often as you can with eBay. And then, like, splurge on some of the other things later. Because you'll miss some of your favorite items because you kind of clog up your feet and forget that you have some of these searches. Uh, you know, because it depends on how many you have, I guess.
1: You have a Kelsey search, right?
0: I think I let you have the Kelsey search. I'm not typically oh, looking you for don't Kelsey. don't have
1: a Kelsey search on?
0: I Ooh, See, I would... Talk. I would, but I would already assume that you've sniped anything that I would well, even consider actually, getting. As a... <laughs>
1: this is very helpful. I honestly didn't even know that you could do a save search, but I want to hear Andrew's tips, too.
2: It's kind of funny. I actually only have probably 15 to 20 save searches right now. After hearing TUD Talk, he sounds like he has like 200. Okay. But uh... <laughs>
0: I literally do. I could scroll for days. But I
2: actually went and
0: redid all of
2: mine because eBay changed their categories for cards a while back uh because they used to have just like sports cards but now they have like all these different ones so i had to fix them all because they were all messed up but mainly i just have like player names uh a couple like team like bears like specific like a specific insert or whatever it'll be like mosaic 2021 because i like mosaic but Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like I kind of like to rotate them in and out because sometimes I'll I'll have one where I'm like I'm not really going after this stuff anymore, so I'll kind of like retire it and start another one. Because if I, I feel like if I get too many, I'll clog my save searches up, and I feel like it's a chore to go through them all. So I'm like, I don't have too
3: many, but I don't want to have it where it's not worth using. So yeah, real quick on top of that. So what I because I've had way too many save searches in the past. The way I kind of combat that is. Say I randomly think of, you know, a set or a specific card that I like. I'm not necessarily going out of my way to get it, whatever. I will just add it to my watch list. And then every now and then I just scroll through my watch list and say, oh yeah, I forgot I wanted to look for one of those cards. So then I'll go look then rather than having, like I have eight saved searches and even that is a lot for me.
0: (laughs) I guess I'm a psychopath from what I'm hearing because I, I, I have so many, which to be honest, I should clear it out. Cause I really don't look for the bottom half anymore. Cause I do it where I organize it by last feud. So like, I'll see what I've been mostly looking for up front, So it's easier for me, but sometimes like I'll, for like, I'll stop like right before I get to Brandon Jones. And then when I go back and look through Brandon Jones way at the bottom. So I mean, like skip a, a go of looking through eBay. I will say though, I, I, I kind of gave a, I kind of mentioned the Johnny and stuff and kind of went on a tangent, but, uh, my like biggest advice that I could get and it's actually very, very helpful for those who it's kind of, I guess, more of an investment tip potentially, but it also helps uh, minimize like all the clutter when you actually go through a save search. If you have like, so, so the, the, I'll use my exact example because I'm not really looking for much of it right now. So mosaic football was a big fan of it when it first came out uh last year and i wanted i and color in that set is very limited it's only to 99 it's a bit it's a big reason why i'm a fan of that set the the highest numbered thing you can get is out of 99 in, in mosaic whereas prism is like 299 and 199 and 175 and all these crazy numbers so it's a lot more limited in my opinion so as somebody who was kind of trying to make a couple plays with how limited some of like these decent name players can can be, I was I had a safe search for mosaic, but that gets really cluttered, you know, looking just through regular mosaic. So I set my parameter to only search for football mosaic. And you can do these on the, uh, on the right when you like open up, maybe to look at sold listings or something, you can, there's like all those filters that you can go through. If you say, if you go to mosaic and you go there and you put like, I only want football. And then not only that, but if you go to the card, like there's like a features tab, which it pissed me off because for a while they, like, I think they took it away I don't know why I felt like there was like six months where that wasn't a thing. So that this saved search didn't really work, but I think it's back now because I think I remember trying it. Um, But there should be a features tab and like it has specific things to deal with cards. Like if you're in the trading card format already, it should give you that option and features. If you are only looking for serial numbered cards, there is an actual feature for serial numbered cards. And if you click that, it'll only show you people that have went through and said, you know, like. is a serial numbered card and, and most people do, um, or at least it catches it in the system. Like, it's not like it's something people forget to click very often. I'm sure you might miss a few listings here and there, but the general gist, like you get quite a few from my time and I've gotten a lot of, you can actually save that as like a save search under mosaic, but it keeps those parameters that you set. Like it'll only show you football, serial numbered cards, which is very helpful because it weeds out all the bullshit that you're not looking for. And that's fantastic because I can just go through and be like, okay, numbered and you can see like the stuff that just got listed and you can make offers. I got a lot like I mean, I think I got like, you know, a couple of really nice cards for very cheap because people don't really know how rare it is. And that from an investment perspective helps if you're trying to be quick. Um, Maybe if you're like a player collector, it's not as big of a thing that I would do, because unless you're really hyper focused on like a set. Maybe like um SP authentic, but you only like the autos. You could probably go through and like sort just the autos, or maybe just SP authentic in general of all years, searching for the autos. So like, don't forget if you're kind of hyper focused on sets to utilize like that featured tab because there's a lot of great options like serial numbered one on ones, uh, autos, relics, things like that that you can go through.
2: And that's one thing I really like that eBay did is make their card listing stuff more specific. Because I know now it requires you to put, like, the sport and a couple other things, like, when you list. So the only thing that I don't know if this happens for your searches, but sometimes I'll have a search that just brings up random stuff that yes. doesn't fall into it whatsoever, yeah. which I didn't have as much before. But now I do, because sometimes people will list stuff and they just list as fast as possible. And they're just like, OK, whatever i just put this name and this name to get the most eyes on it.
3: Well, a lot of that is they either do that or they do. They just create a new listing based off of an old listing and don't change the specifics.
0: Right. Yeah, that's also true. I noticed that like uh there's a couple players that I notice it happens a lot. Actually, Brandon Jones, I notice it a lot because I get a ton of Mac Jones stuff under and I don't know if it's because Mac Jones stuff on the algorithm is high but it at least kind of gives me a barrier. It's a small barrier, but it shows like the Brandon Jones stuff and then it's like maybe related searches, but it's always like there. Um but I feel like it happens sometimes outside of the related section. Like, I feel like it's in the general gist of of what I'm trying to look for. And, like, that happens with, like, if I'm – I feel like it happens more if I'm looking for, like, product stuff. Uh, like, right now I'm looking for, like, 2016 NASCAR. So in 2016 NASCAR, I'll see, like, random stuff sometimes that, like, has nothing to do with that. And I don't even know how it would get in there. So I don't know if there's, like, a bug or, you know, if something's caught up, like a, like Nate is saying, but – it definitely happens to me as well, but it's pretty rare. It's not something that happens very often.
3: Yeah, I, I see it a lot with um, Pokemon searches. Like, I have a save search for PSA Pokemon Abra, since I'm working on that PSA registry. What happens is, like, I'll see, oh, new results, and it's like a Pikachu and a Raichu. That means somebody just had an Abra and copied the listing didn't change out yeah. like the actual specifics of saying, okay, what player slash Pokemon is this? They just left it as Abra, so it still pops up. But the th- the thing that always cracks me up, one of my searches is just Cromarty. Oh yeah. Because there's no use searching just Roger's Cromarty. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that makes sense, yeah.
3: If I scroll down far enough, eBay's like, here's similar things with one fewer word. What it's I have a one word search. How can you do one yeah. fewer word?
0: Yeah, right. Like that makes no sense. Now I'm going to show the boys. No, obviously we're not here, but this is my save search list. So you got, oh, sorry. This is so that you guys can see how far the rabbit hole goes on my phone with save searches.
3: Why are you is... looking for preparation H?
0: <laughs> no way. Although we're not doing that. <laughs> I was gonna say how many, bro. It's, it's. <laughs> I'm still scrolling. There you How go. How many
2: of those are different variations of spelling Niall Davis?
0: Two. I only do N I L E. And... Oh no, I have Niles Davis too, because a lot of people <laughs> say it's Niles. They call him Niles. Even I literally ran into uh to Tyler Santiago Sports, which he's a homie. He's cool, but uh, he was like, every time I see a Niles Davis card, I think of you, and I'm like, you do not, you do not miss say our great Niall Davis. Famous. He he's but from I mean,
2: England now. He's from England. Yeah, now. right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's I, I need to go through and probably clean it now that we're having this conversation. But I normally don't do the name variation thing. But, like, any time that I'm kind of, like, there's something that catches in my head, I'll save it as a save search. And it generally will stay up kind of towards the top a little bit until it simmers down. But it gives me enough time to, like, think about if I really want to pursue that type of set or if I want to get a lot of that guy. Uh, stuff like that. Like, Jakeem Grant, he's very on the edge of being an East Texas guy. So for a while I was like, I'll add him to my list. I'll kind of check, check him periodically. You know, if he has cool stuff that pops up and it's price, it's priced accordingly, I'll grab it. If not, you know, whatever. And then I grabbed a few things and now I kind of go back and I check it pretty frequently. So like it can sway how you collect here and there a little bit, but save searches, I think are the way to make sure that you're taking care of your personal collection. Uh, as far as seeing like things that just list getting good prices um, and things like that. And the last thing I guess I will say about that as well is if you're somebody that is a collector but you're not like super overly attached, it is a great way to also get great deals because like I'm very in tune with several of the players that I collect and there are a lot of good East Texas guys. So if I search for that thing and I'm like, I don't really need that card, but I know that those normally run like 35 bucks, and this guy just listed it for 10 I could buy it and sell it to somebody I probably know for around like comp price, uh, or at least like, you know, the $35 or so it sold. And I could put that towards something I'm more passionate about. So it's like, it's a good way to maybe get some deals on things that you're really knowledgeable about. Um, and, and, you know, that's always good to, to up your cash flow for personal collection items or investment or anything. Katie, does that help you with, uh, with your question?
1: Yes. Thank you,
0: boys. (laughs) Well, that'll probably do it for us. I think we just at the hour mark of the show. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed. I know that we talked about a couple of different things, but some stuff had to get talked about, and I appreciate all of the crew getting passionate about it and sitting down and talking. Those of you guys watching, we appreciate y'all coming back. I know it's hard to kind of go on and off with the podcast, us being a little inconsistent the last few weeks, but I think we're all good, and we will be running into the next week. And like I said, video still in the works with just kind of all the craziness going on, but I am dedicated this weekend to work with nate to get video up for the next week so hopefully you'll see our smiley faces and until next time this has been the card life podcast and we will see you guys next week peace